Hey, and welcome to the Real Jeff Armstrong Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why we should not wait, because really, there is no perfect time, except when there is, and we'll get into that. So stick around as we jump straight into it and begin talking about why we should be action-oriented and why we should not necessarily wait for the perfect time. I hope you're doing really, really well today. It's been a beautiful day for me. The sun was out. We got a break from the, all the rain that we've had, which has been great. So I got out, got to do some yard work. And um, it's just been a good day. Been a really good day. You know, some days are, I, I'm more ma- motivated than others. I'm, I'm uh, much more apt to uh, be able to make progress in my work. And today was kind of one of those days. So it's actually pretty late. Um, it's about 11.18 right now. So I am coming in at the tail end of the day here to record this episode. But, I, I you know, I've really made it a commitment to be able to do this. And I don't want to keep making excuses on, oh, I shouldn't do this because X, Y, Z. Because I've found that that's a pretty slippery slope once you start making excuses, at least for my own self and in my own experience. So... That's why I want to do this, and I hope that's maybe a lesson in itself. And it got me thinking about why we um, why we don't want to waste time waiting for the perfect time. Okay, uh, I chose this topic because I see so many people who wait on taking action to get the things that they want or accomplish the goals that they want. And what ends up happening really is they end up taking mediocre steps anyhow. They take mediocre action. And it ends up delaying excellence and not actually achieving their goal. So it's almost like they don't give themselves permission to give full-out action. So then they kind of do this like halfway action, which doesn't really result in the outcome that they want. And I see this pretty regularly, actually. So I've seen it in my own life when I have like, okay, (laughs) buying things like on Amazon. Let's just say on Amazon. I have seen uh, times when I'm like, I'm just going to wait on the perfect price, right? And then it ends up going out of stock. And it's like, you know, I waited because I, and, and I'm spending all this time thinking about the perfect price and trying to achieve the perfect price instead of just attaining what I wanted to get and then moving on to the next thing and maybe just doing something like increasing my income, you know? And so it's kind of silly, really, to, to wait on something like that when I could have just taken action and then continued snowballing all my other action. So when I say snowballing action, I mean that our actions tend to add up. Okay, so this is why I'm I, I'm a big proponent of trying to spend less money to a degree. I think that we can very easily try to spend less money, and we put so much effort into spending less money out of fear and trying to sort of hoard our, uh, our our income, when in reality we would be be able to be much more abundant if we if we took that energy and actually focused on being able to improve the lives of others and increase our income. So there's there's a lot of dangers that we actually encounter when we operate in fear and we don't take confident action. So that's what that's what I want to talk about today. Um, so I'll ask the question to you. Have you ever delayed in taking some sort of action and seen the negative results in it? Now, we will talk, like I said, about how sometimes waiting is good, but I believe that the good type of waiting is actually not in action. Okay, There's a positive type of waiting 
that results in good things. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Um, you know, something that I, something else I see people wait on a whole lot is finding a passion and then growing uh, like that passion. You know, we tend to put those sorts of things off, the things that aren't quote-unquote essential. You know, we end up chasing the things that aren't really that essential around. And I just think that's really, really, you know, we, we get five, ten years down the road and we look back and we're like, oh, man, I wish I would have started that. And so, again, you know, I say again because I mentioned this in another one, another podcast episode about the power of small incremental steps. If we look at life from a long-term perspective, we we begin to see that the power of the these little actions over time adds up. It builds a snowball, right? So, for example, like if I said, okay, I'm going to save $100 this week. It's not bad, right? But if I say I'm going to save $100, but I'm going to save that $100 by instead of, you know, going out and buying this chair from the store where it's $100 more expensive, I'm going to go around to the flea market and try to find a chair that would fit that need. So, like, you go and spend 10 hours on it looking around at the flea market or whatever when you could have had the chair for more that would have just come directly to you. You know, maybe you even have like a return policy and everything else. So trying to save many times can actually be not as productive, not as profitable. So that's what we're getting at. Now, I would say that the reasons that we wait because of fear, uh, lack of motivation, um, which we talked about that a little bit in the episode about small, uh, the power of taking small incremental steps. Another reason is lack of realizing that we must act in order to get the outcomes that we want. Okay, so if we have a mindset where we tend to think that, oh, whatever is going to happen is just going to happen. I that's sort of that that can be very self-defeating. Now, if you're really positive, it can be also self-defeating in the sense that if you just think everything's going to work out, well, it might not. You know, I mean there is truth in being able to proactively influence outcomes in life. And I, I have met people that kind of just have this as, this uh, this aspect of like, well, whatever happens is going to happen. And from my own experience, that's a really scary, sad place to be in. And, you know, there's a difference between being like a control freak and just saying, oh, whatever happens, happens. You know, I believe that you can seek to influence your outcomes while also realizing that whatever happens is going to happen. I believe it's a both and when it comes to that. So um, I just don't think that it's a smart position to be in, though, to say, uh, you know what, whatever happens, it's going to happen, so I'm not going to seek to take action. And and that that's something that we have to ask ourselves because that's a pretty um, – that's like a very subtle line of thinking that we get into. And so we have these dreams and goals, and – how many people have gotten 50 years down the road and they haven't achieved the things that they really could have achieved to reach their full potential? And it it happens in these little steps, okay? These little incremental steps. Other reasons that people don't take action, um, you know, I would say that believing that there is a perfect time for everything is kind of dangerous. So mention that sort of up front. Um, thinking that, oh, well, all the things have to be just right 
before I can actually take action. There's a there's a Bible verse. I don't remember exactly where it is, but it essentially says that the lazy person will they don't do stuff and they're lazy because they're you know afraid there's a lion in the streets. You know, like your fears can always find something. If you're going to be afraid of something, your fear will pick something and will give you all the reasons that you shouldn't do something. There's another verse that talks about I want to say it's like the uh, you know something about like I'm definitely paraphrasing here, so bear with me. If the farmer just always pays attention to the clouds and the weather, he's liable to not get his crops planted, and he's liable to not have a harvest, right? So there, there is wisdom in sort of like trying to understand the times and the seasons and the weather, but if that prevents you from ever taking the action you need to be able to do the things you got to do, then there's an imbalance, okay? So... I would say that the perfect time exists, but these times are pretty rare, okay? The the perfect time to do something is very, very rare. I think this is very true in our marriages. Like, there's very rarely a perfect time to uh, be intimate with each other if you have kids, <laughs> okay? Like, there's almost very rarely the perfect time, right? It's very rare that you're going to find the perfect time to start a business, or it's going to be very rare that you invest in your business in order to get ahead and get a return and build a, a business that is that makes an impact on people, right? It's very rare to say, oh, I've just got all the free time now to build a business that has free time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like this infinite loop thing, like, well, I need free time to build a business that gives me more free time, but I don't have free time, so how can I build a business that has free time? It really comes from taking that massive action and being prone to taking that action. So, you know, when to wait? Because I I don't want to get in this mode of like, oh, you got to go, 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 do, 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 do. Okay? So I mentioned I think that the right type of waiting doesn't mean that you're doing nothing. The right type of waiting um, is still doing something. You know, your internal world can be developing. A perfect example of this from my own life is I was reading a book, and it was a really, really good book. And I was like, man, I'm learning so, so much. And then I was like, I've got to stop reading this book because to read any more right now would prevent me from digesting and taking action in due time on the stuff that I've already learned. Okay, so it was essential for me to wait, to slow down, so that I could digest what I had learned and then take action on that information. So there is a time to wait. I just think it is, it's generally, um, number one, those times are few and far between. Um, number two, when we are waiting, okay, and, and l- let me say this before I go any further. I do think that we need to rest. I don't want you to hear me saying that we shouldn't rest or that we shouldn't um we shouldn't wait on things to develop, okay? I'm just saying that finding the perfect time for taking action is very, very rare, okay? So I want that to be this stark contrast, that there's a stark contrast between, okay, um, I'm taking massive action, and then the contrast between, okay, I, I need to wait because the action that I've taken recently or whatever else, there needs to be, sort of a div- internal developing that occurs, okay? But waiting in a sense of the fear-based waiting, like, oh, I don't know if now's the right time. I hear people do that so much. And then I see those same people 
that are worried about not having enough time or whatever else, they end up spending that time on something. Same with money. I see people say, I just don't have the money, but then they spend their money on something that is not going to, like it's, it's frivolous stuff. You know, so if you're in motion towards your goals, right? Like trying to achieve your goals, then you're going to be building momentum. Okay, so that's kind of that's kind of the point here that um, there's a power to being action oriented. Okay, there's a great power to that, and it couples really well with that taking taking those small consistent steps towards a vision that matters. So if you have not listened to the the podcast on uh, the power of small consistent steps, it it pairs very <laughs> very well with this one. So. Um, Let's see. So uh, I would say that the best thing to do is to take massive action because the quicker that you can fail, the quicker you'll learn and then actually achieve things. Okay, let me say that again. The quicker we fail, the quicker we learn, and therefore the quicker and better we will achieve. Okay, so I like to use the analogy of AI, artificial intelligence, okay? The way that AI learns at this point, anyhow, is that it will make the most amount of, it's called, uh, what do they call them? I think they call them data pools, right? So, like, like if a, ro- like if a robot AI is learning how to play chess, it will, it will figure out every possible scenario, and it will f- essentially fail as much as possible until it finds the, the things that work, and then it learns that. And humans are really no different, except there's an emotional aspect, okay? <laughs> there's an emotional aspect to humans where we get afraid of failure. We feel, we take it personal. It sort of bolsters our insecurities, right? When really, we should look at failure more like robots do as, as a learning experience, a data pool to be able to sh- extract knowledge so that we can then refine our action. So, the saying is, the quickest one to fail in the end, wins. So we have to learn to embrace failure. Okay, so, you know, in terms of tips for taking action, if you're someone that struggled with that, or you just want more tips to be able to improve on being able to be someone that takes this massive action in their lives, tip number one would um, be fail quickly. Learn to embrace failure and then fail quickly. Okay, tip number two would be to realize how short our time is here, right? Like, our time is really pretty short. I mean, you talk to someone that is in their their later years in life, and they'll tell you, like, life goes by quick. And it's so cliche at this point in my life, but Christmas, right? As a kid, it lasted so long, but now it's like there's three or four Christmases every single year is what it feels like, comparatively speaking, if not more Christmases than that a year, right? So we have to learn to realize and have a mental picture of like my days are are not that long here and then decide do i want to have to look back and live with that regret of if i only would have taken action so realize how short time is the next step i have for you is surround yourself with people that use their time wisely and realize that their time is short and they're people that are taking action, okay? 
If you if you don't know people directly in your life that are like this, read books by people. Listen to podcasts by people that are like this. Get in Facebook groups with people that are like this, right? Um, surround yourself any way you can with people that are action-oriented people that are developing, growing, failing, believe it or not, and learning, okay? And I would say the next thing, uh, the next tip would be to just do the next right thing every time. Again, in the, uh, the podcast about the power of small, consistent steps, I gave the example of Anna from Frozen 2 where she she's in a pretty depressive state, and she remembers, um, I want to say it was like the rock guy the, that maybe said something about the next right thing, right? I, if You can correct me if <laughs> I'm wrong about that. But she remembers the saying to j- just do the next right thing. And so that's what she does. Well, sometimes we just need to figure out what is the next right thing. Generally, I say um, doing some action is better than none, right? So, like, I very regularly will have this list of things, like, all these things I got to do. If I will sometimes put those big burdensome things away and just pay attention to something that, like, I I either really want to do or sort of kind of want to do, I start to build up the motivation. You know, I get get a few wins under my belt for the day, and then I can move on to those other things. And this can be as simple. Sometimes for me, it's like, just I just need to go take a shower. I need to brush my teeth, take a shower, shave, get a cup of coffee, whatever it is, and just feel like I'm ready for the day. Like, those little things can really add up. And there's there's actually, I mean, it's it's really like a biohacking. If, if, you, if you're not sure uh, what biohacking is, um, I would say it's like, in this instance, it is using your body's neurotransmitter science, how your neurotransmitters work, how your brain works, to gain an advantage, right? So when we do little things and we get these little wins, it increases our dopamine levels, and we're now we become more motivated to achieve more. So it's kind of like priming the pump. You know, if, if you're not sure what priming the pump is, uh, actually, well, I was going to say back in the day, because I, I do remember uh, my grandmother having, or my great-grandmother having a pump that you'd have to prime to get the water to come out. So it was like this, uh, you know, like this pump that went into a well, and it had a crank on it, right? And so you'd have to go up and down with a crank to prime the pump in order to get the water started. And it was really hard at first. But once you got the water going, it was like much, much easier to keep it going. So the moral of that story is that sometimes it's good just to start with the easier or and or more enjoyable things on your to-do list and then begin building up momentum to achieve the bigger things. But what I found is sometimes the bigger quote-unquote things, um, if they don't have to be done, sometimes it's better just to either delay them which sounds horrible, I know, if you're like a person that is really, really responsible. Some, but sometimes it really is better to delay them. And I'll give an example. You know, if if you could take the time that you spend on, well, let's say you bought something off of Amazon, okay? This is a personal example. If you bought something off of Amazon, and let's say it was $50, and you need to return it because you're not going to keep it, it didn't work out, and so you're going to return it, 
but you know it's going to take you all in all between packaging it up, getting it to the store, everything else. You're going to spend like at least like an hour on returning it, right? And if you can say, can I use that hour to gain a new skill or make a new connection or do something that will have a snowball sort of butterfly effect that affects me and my life and those around me, maybe who knows how much in the long run, then if I can do that, maybe I just shouldn't take the thing and return it. You know? Because if my time is more valuable spending on developing a new skill that will snowball, that will, that will add up over time, then that is actually better than not developing a skill by returning the thing to Amazon and saving my $50. Okay? So I, I that is something that I have found. It's like, man, I used to be such a stickler for returning things and avoiding fees, and it's like I do just about anything to avoid a fee. But then I realized, like, man, I'm spending so much time on this. I could really increase my income, make more impact on other people, and create an overall better life if I actually didn't worry about these things as much and just focused on the big dominoes or the big single domino in my life. So now when I'm making a list, I really look for, okay, let's identify all the things I think I need to do. Then let's identify the big domino. The one thing that if I do it, it will have the biggest change and impact on my life in order to, for me to develop the lifestyle that I believe I'm supposed to be living. And if you can consistently hit the big domino in your life, your life will begin to shift in major ways. So that's, that's a huge tip. That it's like, if you can just figure out the next right thing to do, if you can hit a big domino, awesome. Sometimes when I'm not real motivated, I might just pick up my guitar and play it <laughs> for a few minutes and enjoy it. You know, it's about building little wins and then achieving the next right thing. So that's about it. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, something that I have found incredibly helpful and this is really more, for lack of a better word, this is more of a religious statement. Um, you know, as a Christian, I found that God is in control of my destiny. So therefore, I can act boldly, okay? Because I believe what happens will turn out for the best in the long run. Now, I don't think you necessarily have to be a Christian and believe that. I've met people that aren't Christians that... that believe that but you know i've heard these amazing stories from like war heroes like civil i want to say it was civil war and if i could remember who <laughs> specifically said these things i would quote it but i don't um i don't want to say it was george washington uh which was actually not civil war i know that was revolutionary war um so all the history buffs are like oh my gosh come on jeff but let's let's go back so george washington Forget Civil War. I think there was some Civil War stories. But George Washington, I want to say it was he was quoted as saying um, basically like, you know, whenever it's my time to go, like it's going to be my time to go. I want to say it was also George Washington that had like bullet holes in his clothing. They say that the legend goes anyhow. He had bullet holes in his clothing, but like he had not been wounded. So it was almost like this weird like, you know, it. Now, again, it's 
maybe it's just legend. But there are other people. It's like I've heard stories of these uh, great, you know, military heroes that they they almost got to the point where they didn't even flinch at a bullet because they believed so strongly that when it was their time to go, they would go and not a second before. And so I think this strong commitment to understanding that we get to control certain things about our existence, but ultimately, outside of being able to control those things, there are so many factors that we can't control. And so to live in fear of those things that we cannot control can do nothing but harm us in the long run. Okay, like today. water. I was uh, trying to get my water hoses all in one spot because I was mowing my grass, and I pulled on a hose too hard, and it broke my water timer, which is like 50 bucks, which I wasn't very happy about. And for a second, like I really, <laughs> I was I was like tormented that I just did that, and I started sort of beating myself up in my head, and then I was like, the beating, if I would continue focusing on the things that build me up and the next business decisions that I have that I'm excited about, $50 is nothing. Like, but you know what? The anxiety and the fear and the insecurities of busting my $50 water timer, that could steal a lot more from me than just $50. You know, not only did it momentarily disrupt my peace, <laughs> you know, like the sort of like the, the, Oh my gosh, I can't, can't believe I just did that. Um, but it's like my mind would get so wrapped up in something like that. That's silliness. And it, in, in just from the financial standpoint, that thinking in my mind affected me in that way. I could guarantee you could cost me way more than $50. So, it took me a long time, honestly. It's almost like a shamedly, I have to say that. It took me a long time to realize, like, when a mistake happens, I don't have to sit there in shame or insecurity or fear or beat myself up. And I did that a lot because I, especially as a kid, I mean, I was a, I've always sort of been a perfectionist. And so learning to be able to give myself grace and realizing, like, that, that grace is actually what encourages me to keep growing because I think I used to think of it as like, well, if you know, if, if you do bad, then you beat yourself up. And if you beat yourself up and feel bad enough, then you'll not do the stupid thing. And then you'll have better results. But try this, try that on kids, right? Like if you're a parent and you have kids and you beat your kids up, not, not even physically, I'm just saying kids don't really respond to that because they end up, their self-esteem drops and then they they have less power to they have less executive function so it actually affects their brains and it, it affects their self image they have less executive function and which results in less self control which results in them doing more dumb stuff so there's some parenting advice right something i am still learning cuz it is so easy to get frustrated with kids right but you know we get frustrated with ourselves and so i have to like learn to to regulate even my own self-frustration. But, you know, as we take action, we have to learn to, to regulate that because if we don't, we'll always be afraid of failure. We won't learn lessons that we need to be successful. And then we won't actually ever make this, the massive steps towards action or the even the small steps towards action 
that get us the results that we want, that allow us to make impact in the long run. So I hope this, as always, has been incredibly helpful to you and has helped you to be able to to think um, about the next steps that you might be taking. And as always, love to hear from the listeners. I love hearing from you. So feel free to contact me. You can go to my contact form on therealjeffarmstrong.com. You can also contact me if this is somewhere where you can comment, like YouTube. You can also comment in the comment section. Emails, contact at therealjeffarmstrong.com. Please, if you're listening to this somewhere where you can give a thumbs up or hit the notification bell or subscribe and or leave a review or whatever else, please do so because it does help. And can't wait to be able to chat with you more next time. So wherever you're at, have a good rest of your day. And I'll see you, or at least maybe not see you. I won't see you. (laughs) I will talk to you then.